This is part two of our dream menu special double episode where we outline our two perfect menus made up from our favorite starters, mains, sides, desserts, and more from our travels to 95 countries around the world so far. If you didn't listen to part one, it's essential that you go back to listen to that previous episode first, as jumping straight into this one will not make any sense, and you're going to be getting in halfway through our dream menu. So go back and listen to part one first if you haven't done already. Welcome to The Dish, the culinary travel podcast focusing on the stories behind world-famous foods. We are your hosts, Tom and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us for tasty histories, destination food guides, and more. Okay, welcome to part two of our Dream Menu special, celebrating reaching our 50th episode. Well, this is now our 51st episode of the Dish podcast, and we are continuing our homage to one of our favorite food comedy podcasts right now, Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James A. Caster. On their show, they are joined each week by a different guest who describes their own dream menu made up of whatever dishes they want from their life and from around the globe. And it's brought to them by the imaginary genie waiter, Mr. James A. Caster. All right. So at the end of part one, everyone was on the edge of their seats, of course, as Tomo announced his main course was a creation of his own doing. It was Tom's super surf and turf selection. Yeah. But what made it onto this meaty seafood platter? It's a good thing he can't get full because, oh, I, I, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but in the thrilling conclusion of the Dream Menu special, you'll discover those four incredible proteins that found their way onto the super surf and turf selection. Plus, we both choose our favorite desserts ever. Yeah, and you can get the full list and photos of our chosen dishes at foodfuntravel.com slash dreammenupodcast. But don't do that yet. First, listen to this episode because we don't want you to ruin the surprise. So we're going to jump back in to the second part of our Dream Menu special right now. I mean, we agreed earlier that I could eat as much as I wanted. That is, yes. And that I wouldn't get fat. So, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm like even... Even if I couldn't eat as much as I wanted and just ate as much as I could, I think I would still eat all of this because it's amazing. All right. So I've created a servant of selection of all of the best main courses ever. Cheating. I don't think it's cheating because this is a surf and turf selection. So I'm only having a small segment of each main course. You had a bit of massacre on the side. That was compliments of the chef. Oh, well, I've got three extra compliments of the chef on my four-part <laughs> tasting board of Super Surf and Turf Selection. Tom's Super Surf and Turf Selection. Wow. Just to add extra S's in there. Fair enough. Why not? All right. Number one, the first piece on my Surf and Turf Selection is barbecue spare rib from Tom Jenkins Barbecue House in Fort Lauderdale. You have been going on about this place for about... Well, I mean, we've known each other for 10 years. Yeah, so since I, I met you. Since I met you. Literally, you have... maybe the second conversation we ever had, it was like, so Meg, have you been to Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> what's your name? Yeah, yeah what's your name? <laughs> second you... conversation, have you been to, to Fort, Fort Lauderdale? Lauderdale? <laughs> Do you like ribs? At that point in time, I did not. How did we even get together? Uh, because this wasn't really our second conversation. No. It's probably like our 10th tenth, tenth conversation. Yeah, I mean, haven't been to America in years, really, like, been through it, but not done an America travel no, experience for, for a long time. Indulge. And I know that if I went 
down south to meet the pitmasters of Texas. And, I know. Oh, we so have to do every, that. Like, this would be an ultimate experience for me. So, anyone listening who's a pitmaster and wants to pay for our flights, that'd be fantastic. But Texas tourism. Yeah, wink, Texas wink. tourism. We want to come and find. Can we find better ribs? Because right now, I'm telling everybody the best ribs are in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, are you going to take that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Texas, you're going to take that. You're going to let everyone think that the best ribs in the world are in Fort Lauderdale. Well, these ribs are amazing. <laughs> I have had a lot of ribs, admittedly not in Texas, but I have had a you lot of ribs. You can eat a lot of ribs, yeah. I'm the ribs-loving person. I, I'm just ribs everywhere. I mean, ribs had to make it into my main course. It would have been ridiculous <laughs> if they had times when we got out, we've been in like a new country and Tom's had ribs. And then we've gone to a different restaurant the next night and there were ribs on that menu. And he's like, well, I've got to try them, don't I? It could be better ribs than what I had last night. You do love your ribs. It's not always barbecue ribs. Here in Georgia, they have veal ribs in Ajaco, which is like a spicy sauce like a chili sauce mm. and that's like the georgian way of doing ribs so not yeah. barbecue sauce but these are classic american style barbecue ribs tom jenkins makes their own barbecue sauce you can buy it in jars of course they make all of the other trimmings all the southern stuff you got your collard greens You've i don't got, know what that is i i don't i don't have that i, I couldn't risk eating that i didn't know what it was <laughs> so what is, that? Like, is that like soylent green <laughs> they ground up people into this. I don't know, but apparently Americans love collard green. I, just don't, I don't know what any of this is. But anyway, yes. And cornbread and all of these classics. Did you get like coleslaw. A cream spinach or something on the side? No, no, I mean, I got cornbread and I can't remember what else I got because it doesn't matter. Because it was just it all was about 10 years ribs. ago. I got ribs. Yeah. I got ribs. I got cornbread. I got extra barbecue sauce. Yeah. I probably got fries. Yeah, you probably would have got some fries. I'm yeah. pretty sure I got fries. In fact, yeah, I definitely bought sauce to take back on the ship because we used to work on cruise ships. That's why I was in Fort Lauderdale. I'm not just like a, a massive, crazy fan of, uh, of Florida. Florida. I haven't retired yet. Snowbird. I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just the perfect rib. Specifically the spare ribs. They do baby back ribs as well. But I think spare ribs are... They're so, I don't know, they're a bit more chewy, but this was still like soft falling off the bone, but there's a bit more bite to them. Like baby back ribs, they, they just literally just fall apart. And I love them. I love them as well. But here, spare ribs, totally the best. Covered in barbecue sauce, extra barbecue sauce. What? Well, yeah, just the serving on top was a lot. And then I was like, no, I want more because their barbecue sauce is so good. So there you go. Part one of my ultimate super surf and turf selection. Tom Jenkins barbecue ribs. Yeah. Tom Jenkins barbecue ribs. But just one rib. Let's just have one big spare rib because this is like, a big platter. Like Flintstone style? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why not? The biggest one. The yeah. biggest one they have in the restaurant that you can find. Throw it on the plate. Okay. Number two. Surf and turf. The rib cap steak from the steakhouse at the Grand at Moon Palace. Oh. Palace Resorts. Cancun. That's making the list. Yeah. I also feel like if I hadn't put any steak on my list at all, I would be denying my true self. <laughs> that is true. Because I feel like steak is steak is the best. You do love steak. Ribs are the best, but then steak's the best. So, oh, so let's make an ultimate surf and turf selection that has the. So both you don't on have it. to actually choose between the two. So, for the uninitiated, and I don't know, maybe in the US it's quite well known now that rib cap is a cut but i feel like in australia and england and most other I'd places never heard rib cap of it is, before yeah. we went to the grand at moon palace it's not like a really well-known cut now ribeye steak everyone who speaks english knows what ribeye steak is and it's fantastic and forever literally since i first 
ate steak, ribeye steak is probably been my favorite type of steak because of that amazing juicy fattiness. Now, in every ribeye steak, you've got like the strip along the back that sort of has a bit of fat on. And then you've got like one bit at the end that's sort of like a bit softer. The rib cap is just like that bit. It's the best bit of the ribeye steak sliced off, but in long bits. So it's like five ribeye steaks where they've taken the bit off the end that's the best and just served you that and got rid of the rest. It's sold it to some munchkin who didn't realize he could have just had lots of the end rather than having the whole thing. And that's what's happened. Yeah. This is where people have got confused. And this restaurant, actually, we've stayed at the Granite Moon Palace twice and we'll happily go back there again because it's an all-inclusive resort in Cancun. So we're back in Mexico again. Yes. Oh, they've got like, well, they kept, they keep opening new specialty restaurants. I don't know how many they have now. I don't know, but not that many more, but. But there's like, there's a Peruvian restaurant that was incredible. And there's like a French restaurant and an Italian restaurant. Mexican cantina. Mexican cantina. Oh, that was so good. Steakhouse. But yeah, obviously. And this is where we had the steakhouse and all the steak that they have there is certified Angus beef. So it's top quality beef that they are uh, getting in from the United States. Yeah, and the rib cap is insanely good. So, I'll have like a half rib cap. I don't have to have the whole thing. Why not? You can't get fat. All right, I'll have the whole thing. Can't get fat, can't get full. It's going to be a big plate. Massive Flintstone style barbecue rib and uh, a whole rib cap. All right. I feel Um, like there's more because we haven't even hit the the surf yet. I already suggested that there was going to be four dishes for those paying attention earlier on. I obviously was not. You were not. No, but I've said there's going to be four. Now, I feel we should go with, uh, you know, keep up with the rest of the episode and the the lard situation. Uh Uh-huh. I am going to go for So-So's Karkhetian Pork Swadi. Which very, is a very specific yeah, thing. We should be very. We should straight up say that Soso is not a restaurant. No, it is not a place. He is, a, is man. a Georgian man. He is just a man, but he's not just a man. He's no, the man. He's the man. <laughs> he's not even a chef. He's no, not a he's cook. He's a friend of a friend. He's a friend of a friend who doesn't speak any English, but he can cook some pork. But he knows how to cook pork. Now, Karkhetian pork is from Georgia where we're living right now, and this area of Georgia in the east, it's the wine region, it's the most popular wine region, they grow, they make wine everywhere, but Karketi is known as like the best wine region in Georgia, but it's also known as the best pork producing region. Yeah, and I think the main thing when you're talking about pork from Karketi, like a lot of different foods in Georgia, people will come from different areas of Georgia and they'll be like, oh no, the kachapuri you get in my area of Georgia is better or oh, the whatever dish is better where I come from, yada yada. But I think definitely, and I mean, I might have a whole bunch of Georgians screaming at me if they hear this, but I have had plenty of Georgians go, oh no, the pork in Karketi is the best pork. It's incredible. Yeah, the pork in Karketi is the best, hands down. And one of the main reasons for this, of course, well, A, they're rearing it there. and what happens if you actually live there, you go to the butcher in the morning and the pig is fresh that morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fresh. Without being direct, it's fresh. Mm -hmm. So you just walk to the butcher and he's got the whole pig outside and he's just cutting bits off. Yep. And that's it. And you're like, okay, we're doing barbecue. And when you tell a butcher in Karheti that you're doing barbecue, he knows exactly which bits of the pork you want. So you're going to get bits that have really good fatty parts. So it's going to be meaty but fatty. It's going to have some chunky fat bits that are going to 
go on the barbecue and just go super brown crispy on the outside and just drip lard all over the flames. And then you've just got this browned, wonderful lard bit that you're going to bite into. And you're going to have some bony bits that are like rib yep. sections. And all you do is take that meat and you slip it in some shoddy bread that we would, that's my starter as well. Oh, not my starter, my, my bread, my bread bread. You just whack it on some bread, Georgian bread. So that fatty lardiness drips into the bread. And that's all you need. Pork and bread. Don't need ketchup. You can sometimes, they've got some uh, plum sauce that they make here. So you can put plum sauce on it, like sour plum sauce. That's a really popular condiment. Uh, the other thing that you might sprinkle on is a little bit of Svenetian salt. Oh, yeah. Which is like a yellow colored salt that has from a whole bunch of different other spices. Other side in, of Georgia. From West Georgia, but they put it on the pork and it just brings this rich saltiness. But I mean, the way that we saw Soso make this pork, and we were just out having a barbecue in the countryside in the middle of nowhere when we did this, this whole experience with him. And it's just salt. He didn't put Svenetian salt on it. It's literally just regular no. table salt. A lot of it. Very, very, very fresh pork. And specifically, it's the way they barbecue it as to why it's so good. They use, for their barbecues, instead of like taking hours to make like a big barbecue with lots of big chunks of wood that they're then going to cook over, or using just charcoal from a bag, as we probably would in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Like, because that's the way, or you just use an electric barbecue in Australia, which is lame. It's lame. There's like, yeah, there's no flavor. You don't have to carry a barbecue with yeah, you everywhere. Yeah, but there's no flavor, is there? That's not the whole. That's not the point of barbecue. That's not what it's for. But um, they used all of the old branches from all of the vines because it's a massive wine country. So when it hits autumn and all of the vines have been picked and all the grapes are gone, dry all of out. the leftover branches they just dry them out and then that is kindling for the rest of the year. And it just goes whoosh. Yeah, because it's basically kindling. They will throw a whole stack of these together, light it, and then you're only going to get like 30 minutes of cooking time max, 20, 30 minutes. But it, it goes super hot, super fast. It cooks super quickly. All of the outside of the pork goes really crispy because that's why they choose the fatty pork so that it doesn't overcook and dry out. If you've got lean pork, it's going to be rubbish. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. And that's it. And now, I mean, the thing that people who are coming here... If you, I mean, in a restaurant, they're going to make sure it's cooked through. But so-so, it's like, it's sort of medium rare pork. But because it's so fresh, it's fine. Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit risky having medium I rare pork. I find it to be that rare. Otherwise, I probably would have been a bit funny about it. Oh, I definitely had bloody bits on the inside. Or maybe I just had too many wines by that point. I think that's one of the reasons, because everywhere else in Georgia, every restaurant you go to, they're making sure that you don't get food poisoning, so they Which cook it through. Which is a great thing. Whereas he's like, well, I lit up all of the vine leaves, all the vine branches that we brought. They've run out now. So, I mean, it's done. <laughs> it, it is what it is. That's what we've got. We can't light another fire now. So, let's eat it. And it's amazing. Best, best pork barbecue I've tasted anywhere. So, that's my number three. A nice... Or like two bits, like a really juicy, fatty, lardy bit, yep. and like a rib bit with a bit of bone in there. All right. That's my turf. Time for some surf. Finally, finally, let's hook up some surf. Final piece. And heading back to Greece. What? Heading back to Greece. We do love Greece. So, I mean, like the regular surf and turf is going to be prawns or maybe lobster if you've got a fancy surf and turf. But, I mean, I love both of those things, but I'm going octopus. Yeah. I'm going to surf and turf with octopus. octopus. Screw everyone's opinions of what a traditional surf and turf is. This is Tom's special surf and turf selection. 
Super special surf and turf selection. It is a super special surf and turf selection. Which octopus are you choosing? So it's difficult because I've had a lot of good octopus in Greece, but I'm actually going to go to a minor gastro bar in Cos. We were, recent. This was very recent. This we were only there uh, a few months ago. September, yeah. September. It's a Caravia Resort in Cos. Oh, that was such a nice resort. Really nice resort, and they just have this extra restaurant that's like the. If you don't want to do the all inclusive thing, you can pay a bit more and you can eat at the restaurant. And wow, pay more and eat at the restaurant. They it's incredible. S- this is not a sponsored podcast, guys. Like literally, no, 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 no. This no. is this is in here because I loved this dish. I mean, there's a lot of octopus from around the world that I have enjoyed, even making my own octopus in Portugal and barbecuing it, because there's so much octopus in Portugal that's really popular, so you just buy it at the supermarket. You can just buy a whole octopus, in, like, you can just walk into Little and just buy a whole octopus. Yeah. Kilo of octopus is like 9, 10 euros, 11 euros. I don't think I've seen that anywhere but in Portugal, where you can just walk into the supermarket and buy they an in entire Greece as well. octopus. Oh, yeah. in Greece? Oh, in Greece. yeah, yeah. In Greece, they do. But- I'm going with the one from Cos, because I just think the, like, the presentation was stunning. It's just this whole really big tentacle. It's massive. Just not perfectly cooked through, like, just the right texture that you want with octopus. It wasn't too chewy. It wasn't overcooked. It was just right. Crispy little tentacle bits at the end. Which is hard to get. Like, they got just the consistency, like, of the flavors perfect. Like, so, yeah, mm-hmm. still nice and soft in the, the meaty part. Of the tentacle, but still with the crispy end bits that everybody loves. Like, they did a great job. And you're right, it looked beautiful. The presentation was incredible. Yeah. So you can check out the show notes for this episode where we'll have some of the photos from all of these different dishes. We're going to make you drool. At least the ones that we have photos of. Some of these dishes are for so long ago that I don't really have good photos of them. But yeah, if you head to foofuntravel.com slash best menu podcast. Then you can see some of the photos of some of these dishes, but don't look yet because we don't want you to be surprised by the rest. You know, you got to listen through the episode. Exactly. So we're gonna- So there's uh, my four. Tom's dishes. super special surf and turf menu. Surf and turf selection. Oh, selection, sorry. Super special surf and turf selection. Okay. There we are. We've got four different things. Wowza. You're lucky you can't get full. Two pork, one beef, one octopus. That's one hell of a surf and turf, I tell you. That's the best surf and turf on the planet. <laughs> Everyone else could suck it. So then, okay, so you've got this massive spread of meat in front of you. Yep. What, what possibly could you want for sides? Well, I mean, that's all protein, so I need some carbs on the side, right? Do you? Yeah. Sure. That's, that's what sides are for. Sure, why not? Carbs or veg. I mean, I haven't had a lot of veg so far in this. I don't think I chose any. There was uh, some tomato sauce on your, on your yeah. ab. Yeah. I had tangerine <laughs> jam on the side of my cheese. It's not really veg, it's fruit. Totes healthy here. I don't think a lot of veg is making it into this selection, actually. I'm just going to keep my side really simple. I'm not going to do what you did with all your cheating of having like three sides. It's sides. It's you, you you order sides. You want sides. It's like if you, with your surf and turf, they're, like if you had that in some places, they'd give it to you with uh, rice and chips. Sides. Sure. Yep. All right. If you say so, but I'm just, I'm not going to cheat with this at all. I'm just having one side, nice and easy. I'm having a uh, 
a four cheese pizza with cherry tomatoes from uh, Lombardy at uh, Santa Chiara. That how is Naples. that not cheating? Having a whole pizza as a side dish. How is that not cheating? It's one side. No, that's a that's like a main. Have you never ordered a pizza on the side before? A slice. No, I mean we've ordered like a pizza between like the two of us on the side, or maybe between four people. So okay, a slice. But I mean, this restaurant—it's a—it's a proper Italian restaurant where you sit down. They're not doing so pizza because by the slice. they won't, because you can't have it by the sl- slice. You'll just have to have the whole thing. I don't want to waste pizza, so and I'm you don't want to offend the them either. Don't want to offend them. I mean, I will offend them. I've already offended them by selecting a four cheese pizza with cherry tomatoes on top. Now this is circa 2010. We used to sail into Naples. We both sailed into Naples together a few times. So Meg's been to this restaurant as well. I have. But I've been to this restaurant like four times because literally every time I went to Naples, I had kept going back there because I saw what like the other crew were eating at some of the restaurants that were a bit well, easier were, to find. They were lazy. They would just get off yeah, the like, ship and go to the, the first checkered, pizza restaurant. first place with the checkered tablecloth on the table. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, Naples has some of the best pizza restaurants in the world. Yeah, not at the port, I, I doubt. Not directly at the port, I don't think. Not from what I was seeing. From what I saw other people have, I was like, oh, that pizza looks sort of meh. And we also haven't been to Naples in a while, so. The oh. restaurants that were there it's at that Naples. time. Naples. All of the restaurants are the same. Nothing's ever changed. <laughs> that's how Italy works. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this restaurant, I checked them up on Google Maps. They're still there. Yeah. No, Everything's no, I, still I there. I was saying the restaurants around the port could be different. Someone could have opened up a decent restaurant since we were last there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure what they were eating was fine. It just didn't look anywhere near as good as the pizza I was eating. And the reason I really like this pizza... Obviously, Naples-style pizza dough, I really like. And not everyone likes this. Some people want Roman-style, very thin and crispy, nah. tastes like a biscuit. I mean, I like like when it's in Rome, it's done well. But when it's outside of Rome, half the time, it's just too thin, mm. too crispy and Too wrong. dry. Yeah, they get it right in Rome. I mean, they created the thing. They're doing it the right way. But yeah, I like that, that ne- Neapolitan-style pizza dough where it's sort of, it's leopard-spotted on the outside a little bit. And you like your fluffy bits. Yeah. It's fluffy on the inside. The inside is still a little chewy, but the outside has instantly sort of bubbled up, crisped a bit, and got those leopard spots from the, the wood oven. Yep. And super, super, super hot oven to cook the pizza. Yep. But, I mean, the reason that um, this pizza is incredibly offensive is because it's not on the menu. And I ordered this because I wanted four cheese. And then I was like, well, what goes really well with cheese? Because in... In Naples, a four-cheese pizza is normally considered a white pizza, so there's no tomato sauce on the bottom. Yeah. And I do understand why they're doing that, because if you put tomato sauce on the bottom with four cheese, it does sort of take away... From the cheeses, yeah. From the cheeses, so I do get that. But then I was like, well, if you put cherry tomatoes on top, then you don't have too much tomato. You just have those little, tiny, soury, sweety, wonderful tomatoes, fresh Italian cherry tomatoes. I was like, bring it to me. Bring it to me, waiter. He wasn't a genie waiter. He was a regular Italian man. He was very upset. He did not look at you with approval. No. And I went back and ordered it I think he did some again. Italian hand gestures in the your direction. Went, like, the next time I went, he was like, oh, you again. <laughs> Fine. It's interesting, though, that you actually decide that you were in the mood that day for a four cheese pizza because it's not your regular go-to. The reason it's not in my regular go-to is because we spent a lot of time in countries that are not Italy. And when you order a four cheese in pretty much any country apart from Italy and France, it's lame. It's basically just mozzarella, 
parmesan, a tiny, tiny sprinkling of blue cheese, and one other random local cheese that's rubbish. If you want to really annoy me, yes. just put a pathetic sprinkling of yeah. blue cheese. When you say it's a blue cheese pizza, actually put, put blue cheese blue on. Che- I want to taste the blue cheese. Or even just like a blue cheese in a salad. Don't skimp on the blue cheese. It's not that expensive. I get that it's more of an expensive ingredient. Fine. But, but come on, just come add an extra on. euro to the bill and Fine. give me blue cheese. Yes. So, this is the difference in Italy and in France. I've had a lot of pizzas in France and there they do it as well. They don't just sprinkle bits of cheese on. Basically, they slice off a slab of blue cheese, slop it on. Slice off a slab of like another local wonderful cheese, slop it on. Maybe they grate Parmesan on, but I think that's cheating. Like places where they're like, oh, we have a four cheese pizza. It has some Parmesan grated on it. It's like, I can't taste the Parmesan. No. It just dissolves into fat. Stop yeah. it. Don't do it. Use actual cheese and put a slab on like they do in Italy. And so that's what you've got. So it's basically like a four seasons pizza, but with four seasons of cheese, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So then every, you can like have one little bite from one side of the pizza and then twist it round to the next season and have one little bite. You're like, I've got all the different cheeses. Rather than when you just blend them all together, it's just a cheese mess. That's true. And you've sort of lost the, the real focus of the four cheese where you can't taste each cheese individually. So that is why. And then, yeah, cherry tomatoes on top. They just give it a little piquance. I like it. I think it's amazing. Waiter thinks I'm nuts. Hated me. Like, gave me the look. But he's like, all right, I'm going to do it because you're a tourist. Whatever. Whatever. I don't care. I just work here. I literally don't care what you order. <laughs> so, yeah, he gave it to me. So there you go. That's, that's going to be my side. Because I considered having the pizza as a main course. And then I was like, well, how am I going to have all of those meats and all of those extra things and everything I want? You're like, I know. I'll cheat. No, it's not cheating. It's a surf and turf selection. It's a super special surf and turf selection. I understand the super special surf and turf selection. It's the side of pizza that's cheating. I have a slice of pizza, but you have to order the whole pizza. And I'll give the rest, I'll give the rest of the table. I'll no, be generous. You no, you won't. No, I won't. But I'll, maybe I'll give a little bit to someone. Me? Yeah, I'll let you have one bit. Oh, or like why? a quarter slice. Why, thank most. you. Maybe an eighth. See how it goes. We'll see I, how I don't know. Goes. So... There you go. Thus far, mostly meat, cheese, and bread since the start of uh, today's menu. Yep. That's pretty much it. I mean, I get that's I'm not, not surprising. Surprised. I'm no, not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. But that is my main course, my full surf and turf selection with uh, a four cheese pizza with tomato on the side from Wowza. Lombardi, 2010. I mean, I know they're still open, but I've got no idea if they're doing everything exactly the same. But it is Naples, so we, I assume it's exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, they don't change much. No, like, they they, they actually have rules to say you cannot change this. Plus, if you've got good dough, you're not going to change the dough. No, that's crazy. All right, main course is done. We're on to the drinks. Meg? Well, okay. Probably no surprises here, but a lot of the things that I chose are sort of like summery foods. So, like, you know, prawns on the, from the beach. Or I guess you could have the yogurt toulou. You're good, Lou. You're good, Lou. You can have that any time of year because that's that's whatever. It's just good. But grilled halloumi and fries. I don't know. It just seems summery. I don't know. I'm just saying. Where is this thread you're creating? It's not like I ordered like soups and stews and and heavy meats and stuff like that. So it doesn't feel like a heavy drink should go with it. So I'm just just all lard. 
It's yes. It's a nice, so I need healthy lard meal. So I need something to wash away the lard. So I'm going to go with one of my favorites, and it's not going to surprise you because it's one of my favorites. It is a Brewdog Punk IPA. Mm, yes. No one surprises. Of the, the finest Scottish brews ever made. I love it. I will have it wherever I get the chance around the world. Crispy and florally hoppy. Yep. Other than that, I was very much considering to have an Australian red wine. I am very fond of the Australian red wines. I haven't had a good Australian red wine in a couple of years, which makes me sad. But I just didn't think it suited my menu. So, I was considering maybe having a nice Australian red wine. I am very fond of the Shirazes. And they make them very well in Australia. So, maybe like a Langmeal, which is very Mm. good. They've got like one of the oldest grapevines in Australia. It's super old, or a Chris Ringland, or something like McLaren Vale, Barossa Valley ish in that sort of area. Like, I don't know, take me to a cellar door and I'll give something a try. All right. But you're going punk IPA ultimately. That's your Ultimately. Final. And it makes me sad because I really do miss having good Australian red wine. It's, it's, I don't know, it's like peppery and chocolatey and berries and, I don't know, it's bold flavours, really bold and dry and lovely. Mm. Um, oh, I miss it. But, yeah, as I said, I, I, I just think the beer suits my menu a little bit better than a red wine. So, I'm going for the beer. All right. So, may I order a drink? Uh, sure. That allowed. I'm oh, to I want a, a pint, by the way. Don't don't skimp on any of these tiny, uh, smaller sizes. A real beer. English pint. Real English pint, 568 please. Five hundred and sixty-eight milliliters. Proper pint, None filled this, above the line. Don't don't mess around with this head. I don't want you messing around. Give me too much head above no. the line with the beer. Thank you. No five hundred mil glasses. No crazy amount of head. Just a full five hundred and sixty-eight mil pint. Yes, please. The real thing. All right. Sorry. Now that I've specified that, because it's very important. You may order your drink, sir. All right. I'm going to order my drink. Now, I have to point out at the start of this round that we did not confer (laughs) on any of our drink choices at all. (laughs) Fourth similar (laughs) thing on the menu. Maybe we're too similar. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that helps with traveling around that we like some of the same foods. So, are you going punk IPA as well? I am not going punk IPA, although that was pretty much in my honourable mention. That would have been my second choice. it's a great beer. It is a great beer. What I am going with is an Australian Shiraz. (laughs) You're my husband for a reason. As discussed. And strangely, as you mentioned, a Chris Ringland. This is on my list. It's written down. I can prove it to you. This is actually what I independently selected. You just happen to mention it. Uh, Chris Ringlish here has specifically a 2009. This is a Barossa Valley, which is in South Australia. Barossa Valley Shiraz. And literally, I think over 25 plus years of drinking red wine. And that's because, yes, my parents used to let me drink red wine when I was like 10 years old. What's wrong with that? Because just like one half glass or something. That's fine. Yeah, little glass. So they got me into the red wine so that I didn't become like a, a crazy nutcase beer person. Woo, I 18! I'm yeah, going to yeah. go get trashed! I did that anyway, but you know. Yeah, it um, happens. 
this definitely is like my number one style of wine. I just, I feel like there's lots of wines out there that probably meet most of my expectations in a very similar way to the Shiraz, this, this Chris, this Chris Ringland Shiraz 2009. But this particular one, I think it just hit every single point on the head. Uh, first of all, when we first picked it up at the wine shop, we're like, this is a Shiraz, regular red, dry red wine. It's 16.8% alcohol. Yeah. It's not fortified. This is just a regular Shiraz. I think the main thing that grabbed our attention at first is that it's in a freaking cool bottle. And you're like, of course, I'm going to judge my wine by its cover. It's got, <laughs> who does it? It's got a like a crazy red Chris Ringland style name, but in like crazy typography that doesn't. You can sort of read it, but you it can't. looks funky. Yeah. And then we picked it up and looked at it and we're like, 16 percent. 16.8. It's almost 17 percent. Like, what is that? How is that even happening? So that was pretty crazy. It was like, OK, I'm listening. It's practically fortified. Yeah, I know, but it's not. It's a dry red. It's absolutely not fortified in no, any not at sense. All. So, yeah, we're like, so what is this wine? OK. And then we're like, yeah, we've got to buy this. We've got to buy this. I mean, I've never seen a dry red wine at 16.8% before. I'm like, yeah, let's get it. I like alcohol. Let's do it. My parents failed at stopping me from liking alcohol too much and making me sensible. Well, I think they wanted you to like alcohol. Just to be more sensible about it. We're sensible. Semi-sensible. Hashtag adulting. But this is sort of like, yeah, all of that berry forward sort of flavor at the start. So like a bit of blackberry, bit of plum, bit of cherry. But then finished up with the the dark chocolate and spice sort of mm. aftertones. I it's love very deep. that. It's very deep. Yeah. And it's such a dark, dark, dark red wine. Yeah. It's like almost black. Super velvety smooth tannins. I, I don't know. Those are all my favorite things. If it's got chocolate and spice and really good strong fruit flavors and it's bold, I'm like, yes. And not super dry. Like, I hate it when like- Not- <laughs> So many French wines. It's, that like, make, it's, like, yeah. it's like it sucks your, your face sucks in. Sucks your like, soul out of your mouth. You know, you know when Homer Simpson has like that, like, stupid, like, the, the most sour ball in the war world, the, like the, was it a warhead or something? I don't know, something like that. And he puts it in his mouth and his whole face like sucks in. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So I don't want that. I never want that. So I'm 100% in on the smooth tannins, not too dry. This is perfect for me. Not crazy fruity, not too dry. So that's it. Well, also, the thing is, do you remember that uh, we have a bottle of Chris Ringland sitting in my parents' cupboard? Yes. At home. How would I forget? We can't. Well, that's the thing. So it's sort of like our, yes, we will come home one day, sort of leveraged or token sort of thing. We just, We're like, so we, we will visit again because yeah, we want to drink this one. I think it's a 2015 or 16? 16. Uh, it's a 14. Oh, it's a 14. It's a 14, um, which is not as good. The 2000, and we've already had this as well, but we stored a bottle. But the 2009, one of the best years. Yeah. Such a good year in, in Barossa Valley. So Super sitting hot, really in nice. my parents' cupboard is the 2014, and we will come back and get that one day. We'll have a nice bottle of Chris Ringland waiting for us in Australia. Yep. It's already waiting. All right. There we go. You got your beer. I got my wine. Mm. I guess we should order some dessert. I mean, we can eat the, the food. Yeah. And then we can order dessert at the end. You don't have to order dessert at the start. That's crazy. Who does that? Only, I know, you don't know what you're going to be in the mood for. Well, I'd, or, only, I'd only do it if it was like, oh, maybe I won't be off to get that thing. I'd be like, do you have that? Do you, like, I'd ask at the start, like, do you have that? I want to oh, know. Because yeah. if you don't have it, then I'm going to order more main course. Do you have the apple pie? Do you have the apple pie? Oh, oh no, you don't? Oh, All right, okay. I'm going to get an extra starter then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I might ask at the start. But then I'm like, do you have a lot of it? 
because, oh, you don't? I'll, I'll order one of those now. Bring it at the end, please. Yeah, true. Reserve a piece for me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would do that. But in any other circumstance where I wasn't quite sure if I was getting dessert, I wouldn't, I wouldn't order at the start. But it is a magic restaurant and you can have whatever you want. And order whenever you want. Yep. Apparently. All right. It's your dessert. What are you having? So, this was a bit of a tricky one because, as we just said, we quite often eat too much that we never get to dessert. Or they don't have the dessert that we want, so we order more of something else. And uh, so I'm going to have a, a lot of highly munchins. Honorable munchins? Honorable munchins. What did you just Highly munchins? Highly munchins. Highly munchins. It's, it's <laughs> really what you're talking about. So we're going to have a couple of honorably. Honorable munchins. <laughs> Too late. So, I'm going to have a few honourable munchins. Um, okay. A few possible desserts. Yes, because there's just been a few really good ones and choosing one that, you know, surpasses them all is really difficult. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to list them and then I'm going to choose whichever one I'm currently in the mood for because it's too hard. So, firstly, I want to give a shout out to... Papanasi in Romania. Ah, Romanian donuts. Yes. With sour cream and fruit. Of yes. course, Papanasi. It's good. Really good. So, if you've listened to our Romania episode, if not, go back and listen to the Romania episode. We talk about Papanasi. But yeah, it's like a Romanian donut and they have it with this sour cream and fresh berries. So, the berries aren't always the same because it depends what's in season. Really nice. So, Papanasi, honorable munchin. Honorable Munchen also goes to the coconut pie from Belize. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that coconut pie. I can- Elvis. Elvis coconut pie. Yes. And we didn't even know about it. We went to this restaurant because Elvis is pretty famous in San Pedro in Belize. And we just went to, to eat there. And I think it was the waiter that said to us, he was like, oh, you should try the coconut pie. And we were like, can we? And he's like, nah, they actually, we don't have it right now. We're <laughs> like, like, why did you bring it up? Thanks for teasing us. Like, what? Why did you mention it? He's like, oh, you know, people come in here a lot. So, I was just telling you for next time. But then we were finishing up our meal and he's like, the pie is here. Because they make one like every day or something. I mean, they have one delivery. Maybe they make more than one. Yeah. Have, it's a big restaurant with lots of customers. Yeah, just having one would they annoy a lot of people. Batch one of batch. pies. That arise every day. And we, yeah, we hadn't eaten too much, luckily. And we were like, all right, give me some coconut pie. And it was so good. Yeah, I've never tasted coconut pie that good. And it was warm. Else. It came because we had it like so fresh. It was really warm and everything. It was yeah, lovely. Yeah. So, honorable munch in there. But, because this is what I'm currently in the mood for. So, this is what I'm going to choose. Mm. I am going to choose as my dessert. The mango sticky rice from Galangal mm. in Koh Samui. Koh Samui, Thailand. Yes. Oh, Galangal restaurant. I think we had a like a special celebration of our. It was an anniversary, anniversary or something. Celebration there. there. Yep. And we were like, hey, let's go to a really nice restaurant in Koh Samui, we and Galangal looked party. like a good place to do it. And. It was awesome. It was a great meal, but the mango sticky rice really stood out as being one of the best things I've had. It's and like the best mango sticky rice I've ever had. Yeah. And I don't know why. Maybe there's more coconut flavor or something. Yeah, I, I, think, the, I think the rice was a little coconutty, a little more gelatinous, and uh, the mango was just fresh. 
Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we talked about mango sticky rice on our one of our Bangkok episodes back in season one, like ages and ages ago. But I mean, this is like a national Thai dessert, pretty much. And that one just nailed it. We've had it in lots of different places in Thailand. That one just completely killed it. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's what I'm in the mood for right now. So I'm going to choose that. There was one other that I honorable mention. That oh, there's I, a lot of honorable mentions. I almost... And it's a bit weird, which is why I'm leaving it till now, because people might scoff at me. But I almost chose Cinnabon. Mm. Cinnabon. Cinnabon is awesome. It's like my guilty pleasure. If I see it in an airport, I'm just like, let's Gotta just have, have that. Yeah, it's like, oh, we were going to have lunch, but no, nope, we'll have Cinnabon instead. Yeah, they got Cinnabon here. I don't want to have a Subway or a Burger King when I'm traveling. Let's, oh, they got Cinnabon. Yep, yep that'll done. do. That's lunch. Sweet. I just figured out like the honorable munchins thing. The reason you've listened to that podcast and not noticed that they're saying honorable munchin is because you're Australian and people from New Zealand, if they said honorable mention, would probably say honorable munchin. But they're English. No, I know. But because you're hearing honorable munchin and because oh, you're I'm so just, used to thinking that I'm someone a, would speak like an Australian I'm or auto translating in my head. You're auto translating and go like, oh, yeah, they're just saying honorable mention. <laughs> Mansion, mansion, yeah. <laughs> like that—that's what's happened. All right, that is what's happened now here. Now I'm gonna have to listen. I'm really gonna listen next time. I think in the first few episodes they were calling them honorable mentions, and then they realized the pun, and they decided they to start like calling them honorable pun. mentions, and they've been calling it that for a while. Anyway, I mean, if you're listening to us rambling at this point and you haven't listened to that podcast, do just cue it up after this. Let's yeah. Get to the end of this episode and then go listen to that. Yeah, them. I think one of my favorites is either the Greg Davies uh, Christmas one. Or Jack McBriar from 30 Rock. They're two oh, of my yeah. favorite ones. That's a good accessible one for anyone, American listeners who aren't so up on English comedy. Yeah. Definitely Jack McBriar's episode because he's just, he's like almost cute, I would say. <laughs> he's and so polite. He's so polite about it. And they're like basically being sarcastic and <laughs> giving him a bit, of a bit of a hard time. And he's just like so nice about everything. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So that's that's your which you had a lot of desserts there. Which one are we definitely the mango going sticky with? Rice. You go it's with the mango sticky rice. I love them all, but I'm in the mood for a mango sticky rice right now. So I'm going to go that. All right. Okay. So my dessert. Any any guesses? It's going to be something that I just chose, or from one of the places <laughs> that I just chose, because that's how you've been playing this game. That's not my fault. You keep going first and stealing my thunder. I just keep choosing awesome places to eat at. Well, okay. I'm going way, 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 way back for this. You've never had this. You've never had this version of this. I'm, I'm just going all-time classic. I mean, sometimes you just want the most homely dessert, the most classic dessert ever. I'm going sticky toffee pudding. That is, yeah. Or sticky date pudding in Australia, but sticky we toffee call pudding. It, yeah, sticky date pudding. But I'm not, I have to say, I'm not that surprised that you went with sticky toffee pudding. I'm not surprised that you're not surprised. You are a sticky toffee pudding man through and through. I love sticky toffee pudding. I'm all over it in every sense at all possible options. When I make sticky toffee pudding at home, I make it with a Bailey's sauce. And that is freaking incredible. Oh, yes. Try it, people. Add this the Bailey's. my extra alcohol twist, as mentioned. Parents' fault. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I'm going to, I'm actually going to do... And think, being as this is the dream restaurant, I can do whatever I want for yeah. my food. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get the sticky toffee pudding from the Bell Inn in Brook in the New Forest in South England. 
So there's like this big forest area in the south of England, near Southampton, where I used to live in Southampton. And this was like a protected forest that used to be owned by the king. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, like beautiful parkland. The reason that it hasn't been built up in any way is because it's a fully protected area. But originally, not only was it protected, but like peasants couldn't hunt food there. They couldn't go and hunt a stag. So if you remember seeing like the old Errol Flynn Robin Hood, like the old school 1930s original color movie Robin Hood movie and he killed a stag at the start and then that's why they were like you have to come to the king's castle because you killed a stag and you're in a lot of trouble and then he jumped around and did stuff like yeah if you killed a stag the king would be like off with his head yeah because that's his all of the animals on that land are his you can't poach animals you can't get any you can't hunt anything there only the king can hunt there for this entire forest so my forest I'm like my forest my rules what a what a Kings are ridiculous in those days. I bet even if you were outside of the forest and you killed a stag or you shot a stag or whatever, and then it ran into the king's land, you wouldn't be able to have it. No, it'd be like, off his head. Yep. Yep. I'd be like, but I shot it outside. That'd be it. So yeah, down in that area, historical area, this uh, pretty old pub, like a a very cool old English pub. All the buildings are sort of old, like old style, old timey looking. Like they're like cottages. They're actually old. Yeah, it's like all cottages and stuff. It's not. It's not a theme park. It's they're really old. (laughs) It actually does surprise me whenever we go to England and I look at the buildings and I'm like, this place is proper old. It really is. (laughs) But. So I'm going back there to the Bell Inn. They're still open. There's like when I went there, it was 2005. That was about when I had this the first time, and it was awesome. I was just like, "Wow, this is the best sticky toffee pudding burnt ever." Burnt into your memory. So burnt into my memory. I'm like, I have not had one better since. It's a gastro pub and hotel now, but I think at the time we went there, 2005, that was like at the start of the gastro pub revolution, early 2000s. So I think it was a gastro pub then as well, but I just wouldn't have thought of it as one because yeah. it's like a pub in the countryside. So I. I would assume that probably they're knocking out something about the same quality, but of course the chef is probably long gone, so it might not be quite as good, or maybe it's better. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I haven't been there. If we go, well, when we go back to England soon, maybe we will make a pilgrimage there. (laughs) Maybe it's an old time recipe that's been passed down for generation to generation, so it's always the same. Or maybe I should never go there again because the memory will be destroyed. No, because I want to go see if it's any good. What if I went there and they were like, oh, we don't have it on the menu today? Oh, that would be disappointing. We drove all the way there and they don't have it. Mm. So I don't know. We'll then we'd think have to get it. some Cinnabon. <laughs> we just get a Cinnabon. <laughs> there used to be a Cinnabon in Southampton, but it closed down. I don't know oh. if it's there. I don't think it's there anymore. Yeah. So what I'm going to have is I'm going to have their sticky toffee pudding. I'm going to have their toffee sauce, but with some Baileys added in because that's my sneaky trick. So do you, are you going to ask for like a Baileys on the side? No, or- no, no. I'm going to say like, I want your sticky toffee sauce. But can you please add like a thimble full of Baileys to it as well? Or, just to give it a kick. And I'll be like, you cray cray, mister. And I'll be like, no, I'm not. Nope. I'm brilliant. I'm a savant of food. Do it. That's and what I'll say. do you want it with custard or a scoop of vanilla ice cream or just as it is? I mean, I like it with both. I would do either. And I can't remember what I, I had thought, in 2005. I thought you were just going to say that you wanted like custard and ice cream. And oh, I'm like, no, that's you too can't intense. have Baileys in your sauce and custard and ice cream because that is insane, sir. I think I'd probably have it with the ice cream because it's the hot and cold. It's a good mix. I do like that. I do love sticky mm. toffee pudding with custard, but I think I'm going to go ice cream on this occasion. Vanilla ice cream. Light vanilla ice cream. So I've got the texture and I've got the temperature, but it's not in any way taken away from the flavor of the sticky toffee. Mm-hmm. So very, very light. Really quick aside, because of course this episode is like a homage to one of our favorite podcasts at the moment, Off Menu. 
actually just a real weird crossover point. This place uh, in the New Forest, just down the road from there, about 20 minutes away, there is a holiday camp that I used to play guitar at. And this is a holiday camp that was randomly mentioned in one of our other favorite podcasts. Uh, My Dad Wrote a Porno. It's another random English podcast. It's actually super successful. It's been in the top 10 on iTunes for years. It's one of the most successful podcasts ever. And it's hilarious. If you haven't listened to that, that's super funny. Nothing about food. Completely the opposite. There's there's food mentioned. There is food mentioned in ways that you (laughs) You do not not, want to listen to. (laughs) It is disgustingly wrong, but hilariously innuendo-y. Let's just say that. Uh, But yeah, this place just down the road, like 15 minute drive from the Bell Inn called Sandy Balls. The holiday camp is called Sandy Balls. This is a real place. It's still there. I just can't see how there ever could have been a time in history when that wasn't seen as inappropriate. Like someone, but come on, they like were they not called balls? In did people yeah, but not it's instantly just random. think of what is what, like as in sandy balls? Like what? 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 I, Where, it makes no sense. It just makes you think of genitalia. <laughs> well, yes, it's it's innuendo as well, but. You know, if you've got sandy balls, it's very unpleasant. Oh, they meant to call it that? I thought that they were just so naively daft that they were talking about, like, oh, like, you know, if you're playing volleyball on the beach or something like that. But no, they literally meant sand gets everywhere. I cannot speak for the origin of the name, but I do know that back in the 1960s... Balls were balls. Nudist camps were very popular. Oh. I have no idea if, I mean, they've probably covered up the history if that's what it is. But, you know, you're playing naked volleyball and you get sandy balls. <laughs> so and it is the volleyball then. I was correct. I don't know. Volleyball. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a classic 1960s nudist movie thing would be playing volleyball or tennis, right? Those are the, those yeah. are the main ones. I've got no idea what was going on in the 60s there. But so it is tongue in cheek. Oh, wait, okay. Could be. Or maybe not. I thought they were just very wholesome and naive. And, and everyone, I doubt it. It's England. <laughs> it is England. That, was, <laughs> they, that is where Monty Python and Benny Hill came from. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, so that's random. So if you're, if you're around and you want to go and have a sticky toffee pudding in the new forest, just pop down to Sandy Balls <laughs> for a quick look. See what's going on. See what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I, I got a quick honourable mention, very quick, because we've used up quite a lot of time already. Yep. It's uh, been some long episodes. My honourable mention is for the Knefe at uh, Durumchu Emi in uh, Kadokoy in Istanbul. Turkey! So, yeah. Turkey didn't make it in for the meat portion, because Greece does it better with the pork. But uh, for the Knefe, which is like, uh, it's like shredded wheat mixed with cheese and baked, and then with loads of sugar syrup that soaks through it. It's unlike anything I've ever had before, and it was freaking amazing. It's a Middle Eastern dessert, so it's not really from Istanbul, but this restaurant in Istanbul did it so well. Yeah, and most of the people that had gone to that restaurant, while the food was very good, most of the people there were all ordering the Knefe for dessert. Yeah, that's why we ordered it, because we went, oh, yeah. to, we went to that restaurant because our guide on our Istanbul food tour was like, Eat there, um, it's good. Eat there, this is a good restaurant. And I was like, awesome. All right, let's go there because we were in the neighborhood. Let's, we had a few drinks and then we're like, okay, let's go for dinner. And we went there. We ordered some of the regular things like you got Lou to yep. test whether it was better than Greece, which was it was not. not. 
And then we saw literally every Everyone. person on every table around us was ordering this dessert. And you know if you see that, you've got to get yeah. it. I'm like, okay, so all of these people have come here and they're all ordering the same dessert. So I just pointed at dessert and went, what's that? And I went, oh, it's Canefe. I'm like, yep. Yes, please. Since then, I had a couple of times in a couple of other places, but like that one, they're like, yep. Yep. Okay. Get us a Canefe. And wow. Yep. Amazing. Mind blown. What a dessert. Definitely an honorable mention. If it wasn't for the fact that sticky toffee pudding has such a strong identity with me from all of my life. I never thought you would think of any other dessert but sticky toffee pudding. Maybe a cheesecake. Maybe a baked cheesecake. My grandma's cheesecake. Baked cheesecake with black currants on top. Amazing. Best childhood dessert. Yeah. They're the only two things I, I actually thought of. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. She made a great cheesecake. Like the uh, the texture of the cheese had that sort of almost crumbly feel to it, mm. which you just don't get enough. And when they're too smooth, when a cheesecake is too smooth, it just tastes like gelatin. I know. And what's the thing with all these no-baked cheesecakes these days? Yeah, like, forget them. I mean, fast. no-baked cheesecakes has been a thing forever, like refrigerated cheesecakes. But I'm like, those set cheesecakes are just gelatin, yeah, jelly cheese. It's not what I want. No, I want a proper, like, slightly crumbly texture baked cheesecake. Amazing. Ah, uh, you can't beat Granny's cooking. I mean, no. I, I feel like our grandkids are going to be horribly disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got time to practice. <laughs> All right, so that's it. That's our menus. I guess you should give a quick recap of your menu. What have you got? What are you ordering? What was um, your final selection? So I'm going to have some shoddy bread, please, with uh, herb butter from Berberistan and the chili sunflower oil with a, with the rock salt from that winery that I still don't remember the name of. Vaja Gishvili, I think it there is. There we go. That I'm very Georgian it a little name. Bit wrong, but yeah. And we decided that if I want to have the refried be- beans from Manahar Blanco, I need to have it. Then yeah, order it then. Get it at the start. Yep. So I'll have I'll have that as well. Um, for my starter, I will have the Celestune prawns, the giant prawns, stuffed with cream cheese and wrapped in bacon. Thank yeah. you very much. Mm-hmm. For my main, I will have the yugutulu. 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 Maybe we're probably still both pronouncing it wrong. Probably. It's not an easy I'm word. I'm so sorry to everybody go screaming at us going, say it right. I'm one of those people that yell at podcasts. I'm like, you're getting it wrong. And I, I am just. What's the chances that more than 5% of people listening to this know how to pronounce that? I know. <laughs> but it was funny. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy kept pronouncing Maori wrong. And I was like, he's about a New Zealand person. And I was just like, say it right. Anyway. Uh, that's what I'm having for my main from ba- Babadimos. Yeah, maybe Babadimos or Babadimos. We're going to have these places all listed in the show notes. So don't worry. We, you will be able to find these places if you do happen to visit any of these destinations. Yeah. Foodfuntravel.com slash best menu podcast. Check that out. There'll be photos and some locations. Sides. I'm sending the Magic Genie off to Australia to get me some beer battered fries. Hang on. You had a main course. You had extras. You had like a side, like a mini Moussaka oh! chef's choice. Compliments of the Compliments chef. Compliments of the chef. Masaka from Corfu. From Corfu, yep. Oh, that. I mean, we have to have every time we go back to Corfu, we have that. Masaka. I think that place is called Bellissimo. Yes, which is very much an Italian name, but it's very much a Greek restaurant. So I'm not really. Their spaghetti is very good too. Yes. I think it's because they do pizza. 
It's like a Greek restaurant that also has some pizza on. And Never that's why they've got it. an Italian name. I don't know. Oh, their mussel saganaki is really mm, good too. Mussels oh. cooked in tomato with feta. Yeah. So good. Good. Um, that could be a competition. <laughs> all these compliments of the oh, chef. I'll oh, just have seven oh, more dishes, please. I'll just have a compliment to the chef. It doesn't count. Uh, so, yeah. So, back to my sides. Australian beer batter fries from the uh, either... Brisbane Brewing Company or from North Burley Surf Club. Yeah. Thank you. Grilled halloumi from anywhere. Don't care. I'll let you know. Uh, a good a, one. A good one. I'll let you know in a couple of months if the Cypriot halloumi just wows me. If it's like you, you have, if you haven't had it in Cyprus, then you haven't had halloumi. I'll let you know. Um, and then, of course, Tom's homemade stuffing wrapped in bacon. Please and thank you. Dessert. Uh, for my dessert, I have... I should have gone a selection of desserts where I just get a little mouthful of all the ones I mentioned, you but I didn't a say trick it. There, you missed an option. I could have got mini versions of all of them, a little mini Cinnabon and a little mini. Papanassi I mean, the way it hasn't left little- yet, he's like he's just double checking your order. So in some ways, you you could just I be want- like. All of them, please. I want little mini versions because I think they'll look a really cute dessert too. Dessert platter. Yeah, so a mini Papanassi and a mini coconut pie. And uh, don't get too many, waiter. Don't 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 go crazy. Like I mean, you can have a larger portion. Why not? Yeah, and mini Cinnabon, and a slightly larger portion of mango sticky rice from Galangal in Kosamui. Thank you. And I will wash it all down mm. with a punk IPA. Thank you. Punk IPA. Please and thank you. And of course, you've just got some bottled water from Georgia on the table. Still. Yeah. Easy. Already there, ready to go. All right, other genie waiter, for my order, I'd like to confirm that you will teleport to Mongolia and get me a jug of fresh Mongolian spring water. Yeah, no worries. Straight out of the pipe. I would like the arugula bread from Lisbon with the same salted herb butter from Barbaristan in Tbilisi. Mm-hmm. I will have the Saganaki cheese with tangerine jam from Hranya at uh, Salas Restaurant in Crete. Yeah. Uh, for my main, it's going to be the Tom's super special surf and turf selection of a barbecue rib from Tom Jenkins Barbecue House, Fort Lauderdale, rib cap from the steakhouse at the Grand Moon Palace in Cancun, and Soso's special Carcetian pork <laughs> swati from the mountains of Georgia in Carcetian. We don't region. even know where we were. No one knows really where we were, no. but somewhere near the Russian border, grilling up some very good pork from Carcetti and a fantastically grilled octopus tentacle from Minor Gastro Bar in Coz. And with a side of a whole four cheese pizza from Lombardi. Uh, a Santa Chiara in Naples. So Not a whole. You said you were going to give me a slice. Okay, you can have some, but I want the whole thing on the table so I can offer you a slice. Okay. This is not your menu. This is my menu. I still think it's cheating. It's anyway. not cheating. It's just having a side. That's my side. It's a pizza. That's a side. Just because it's placed to the side doesn't make it a side. If I just ordered like a pizza bread on the side, that would be a side. So this is just a pizza bread. A bready, <laughs> bready pizza on the side. Uh, I'm going to wash all that down with a bottle of Chris Ringland Shiraz 2009. I might have a second bottle. We'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, why not? I'll just, just bring two bottles. I'll take the other one home. Yeah. That's fine. If I don't finish the second one, I'll I take mean, it home. I'm going all the way to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, might as well as you're teleporting out there. Yeah. And then for dessert, sticky toffee pudding from the Bell Inn in Brook in the New Forest circa 2005. I keep thinking you're going to say Bell End, like every time. <laughs> it's like, it's- and you do pause. It's like the Bell End. <laughs> In. I don't pause. Belt in. 
But yeah. if we're all having platters, selections, I don't think you can have a selection with sticky toffee pudding because it's like it's a big bowl full. No, you want a big bowl of sticky yeah, toffee pudding right. with a big dollop of ice cream on top. It's all right. I mean, I'll have the kanefe and the cheesecake separately at another meal after you're gone. I'll just go and sneak off and have it. All right, fine. Be that way. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And that's that's my uh, dream menu right there. Well, that's a lot of food. Ooh, I feel full, but I'm not. Well, because we didn't actually eat any of it. And also, you well, can't get fat. In the past, we did. You can't get fat. You can't get full. Mm. Although, yeah, in the past we did, and that is how I am currently fat because <laughs> I ate all of this stuff at one point, including nice. your menu. It's an enjoyable world of being a food travel blog. So there you go. Uh, Ninety-five countries visited between us uh, to date. Lots of different foods eaten. So much stuff that we've forgotten, and well, like. Even so much stuff that it would be on our top 100 list, and then eventually we will release a top 100 list. We're working on it, but uh, that is a little bit off still, still a little bit away. But, I mean, even from that, like going through some of those things and thinking about what I really liked, it, it was still really hard to be like, how do I turn this into... Well, it should have been like six dishes, and I turned it into like 15 dishes <laughs> with some sneaky tricks. But, you know, so, yeah. There you go. Um, a lot of food eaten, and that's what we've come down to. I'm, I'm satisfied. I am satisfied. I, I'm very happy with everything on my menu and my honourable munchions as well. Yep. Yep. No, me too. I think this, is, uh, this is a good menu. If I could somehow actually have this menu, that would make me very happy. Oh, yeah, because I'm kind of hungry right now. <laughs> it's 11.30 at night, and you're kind of hungry. There's <laughs> <laughs> should... all this talk of food. Let's get some food delivery. <laughs> yeah, late night pizza. <laughs> All right, I don't think they're going to deliver from Naples though. So, oh, it's not quite the same. okay, that's it for this double episode. Thanks for happy fifty and fifty-one, fifty-one episode. Yeah, fifty-one fish both episodes. Yeah, we're fifty episodes old two weeks ago, <laughs> and now we're fifty-one episodes old. Ah, so yes. there you go. You can get the restaurant names and see pictures of the dishes we talked about in this double episode at foodfuntravel.com slash dream menu podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to the crazy rantings of two food travel bloggers who have eaten things from all over the planet. So many places that we haven't been able to talk about in this. So of course, throughout all of our other episodes, I'm sure other great dishes are going to come up. But right now, these are the winners. Who knows? Maybe once we get to uh, 150 episodes. We'll be back with a new menu. Yeah. Maybe there'll be some other things that we're like, this is my next dream menu or it's something completely different. So new things that we've had in that I time. I feel like there's not nearly enough stuff from Italy on that list, but it is what pizza. it is. You did get pizza. Of course, if you've enjoyed the show, subscribe, rate and review, all those sorts of things. Five star reviews are the only ones worth leaving. The rest don't work. If you try and leave it, it'll break. The internet breaks. It breaks the internet. It's like Kim Kardashian's butt. Yeah. Just breaks it. Is it? Mm. That's how, how butts work. All right. Good to know. But we will see you again for another episode in two weeks or maybe immediately. The Dep wonder of podcasting. It depends when you're listening to Time this. Time dilation. But yes, make sure you go and take a listen to Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James A. Caster because it's good fun and that they, they yeah, did it, put together a really great concept that we've completely ripped off and had so much fun doing it. And hopefully we'll convince them to tweet this episode out to their audience because they're fun guys. Maybe. Maybe they'll enjoy our crazy menu. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. That's it. We will see you in the next episode. 
Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast app or channel. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling for Facebook group. Catch you next time. Bye.